Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. It is Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody out there. This is the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bakovin. He is Enrique Alvarez Clary, or better known as Buck and Rico. And we do the show every day for you during your lunch hour from 12 to 1. And we liked especially today because we get the press conference and we get to react to it as uh, Mickey Joseph was in front of the podium. Oh, about 40 minutes ago uh, is when the presser started. So we can kind of break down what things were said. What things weren't said? No, mostly just say what <laughs> things were said. I'm trying to make it sound like we're smart and we are, but mostly just uh, what well, things I mean, were there, said. There is, there is an instance of, of things that weren't said. Were there some things not yeah, said? He, well, said but not said. He was asked about uh, about the offense and, and the lack of running, and he said he talked to Whipple, and they asked him, you know, as you do, they asked him to uh, you know, expand on that, yeah. W- what came out of that conversation, and he said, that's between me and Whipple. Oh, things were not said. There we go. We, we, we paid off on the, the promise thing. Things were said. Things were not said. It was fun. <laughs> it, was an, it was an interesting presser. And it is very interesting. He gave Harbaugh his props. Did he? And, and that's, that's also notable today, is, and I don't have Harbaugh's press conference either, but Harbaugh had his press conference and didn't say a word about Nebraska. Like the, 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 comic, okay, that's the, getting the reporters weird that's, didn't ask anything. That's the second coach in a row that hasn't really been asked about Nebraska because P.J. Fleck was asked one question about Nebraska. Yeah. Do the reporters in the other schools just not <laughs> care? They're just like, yeah, you're playing Nebraska, whatever. Tell us more about your team. That's what it is. I mean, that's where Nebraska's kind of at as a program, Dang. I suppose. It's uh, kind of frustrating, but especially with Mich- with Michigan, it's the more understandable, though. It's like, you you know, they're chasing Ohio State and, and trying, you know, pow- so, you know playoffs 97. and stuff. To- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd ask about 1997. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but uh, but uh, Minnesota, you should probably ask a question or two about Nebraska. And, of course, Nebraska you has their own so. in-house things to work with. Uh, this game too, but uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, what everybody wants to know, probably first and foremost, is the situation at quarterback. So uh, we can start there. Um, is it, it, here is on if Casey will start or not. Uh, here's Mickey Joseph. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a decision probably Thursday after I watch them both practice because I got I got to watch them both practice. This is, you know, and, and see which ones performing the best but right now i'm looking at both of them right now sorry that that is him in response to if casey i think i might have yeah if casey was gonna go or not no you didn't mess it up i i just had to click the wrong one uh that's on if casey cannot play here it is would you rule casey out at this point right right now you know just looking at him today i probably would rule out casey you know if if he if he don't go by tomorrow if he doesn't go by tomorrow i have to rule him out i mean i look at these kids at my son's so I'm not going to put them out there if they can't go. And, and when Casey, like I said, Casey's going to say he's feeling better, but I got to be smart with Casey and not put him out there if he can't, if he can't um, perform at a high level. Of course, Casey yeah. Thompson's going to say he's good. Every competitor, he's been trying to get every in. competitor is like, no, I'm good. Put me, put me back in, coach. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. You got to protect these kids from themselves sometimes. So, uh, you know, he, he, he barely practiced last week. He didn't practice today. Uh, so if he, if he's not able to practice tomorrow, then 
you understand why Mickey Joseph and the coaching staff doesn't want to put him back out there against the another highly rated defense and a really physical team like Michigan, uh, especially when you have, I mean, maybe have two quarterbacks who can get the job done. And I mean, you're 30 point underdogs. So there is that aspect to it as well. Which is crazy that Nebraska would ever be a 30-point underdog. They asked him, so I didn't get to it yet. It's later on in the press conference, so I haven't saved it yet. Um, but they asked, somebody asked him if he's ever been a 29-point underdog, uh, whether he was as a player. Oh, it's in there. It's in there. You should. You, oh, okay. It's in there, and it's it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny, his answer to uh, if, if he has ever been a 30-point underdog, whether as a player or as a coach, wherever, anywhere he's been. <laughs> That's a lot. That's just a lot of points. Uh, and I don't know, like, I understand, uh, you know, they got, they got to kind of make it difficult for you for you if you're betting on the game. But I don't even, I, I, as I sit back and look at it, it's not like I'm thinking, well, I've definitely taken Nebraska to cover. Yeah. I, so it's kind of difficult. Here is uh, his response to being a 29-point underdog. You talking about when I played? As a player, as a coach? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Never been underdog like that. You know, but it happens, you know, it happens. Yeah, so all the more reason for Nebraska to shock the world if they can get it done. I love that. Um, Absolutely not. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not as a player. Yeah. Um, and that, But that's kind of like like when we think about it right now without Casey Thompson, um, is, is that kind of what you're thinking going in this game? I mean, we, we, maybe we're giving Michigan too much credit, but – I mean, they kind of messed around with Rutgers for a while and then beat them by 35. Well, Rutgers, and and if you've listened to Jay Foreman, uh, whether it was on, I don't know what the show is called that he does with Matt Cotney on Saturdays after mm-hmm. games, or yesterday, uh, and I'm sure he'll, he'll mention it again today, when Rutgers was playing Michigan, Rutgers had him. Rutgers... I'm not going to say they could have beat them, but they could have kept it closer. They had them. They had a lead, and they were running the ball. They were playing tough defense, and they had Michigan. And then they decided to start passing the ball for whatever reason and threw a bunch of interceptions to, to Michigan. So they let the game get away from them. They switched things up, and, and it, it got away from them. So if you have something that's working against this team, stick with it. Don't 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 try and switch things up because, look, they're human. They they have they have off days as well. Maybe yeah. this Saturday is going to be an off day for Michigan. You don't know. I mean, Northwestern so, kept kept it close with with Ohio State. Yeah. That doesn't tell you anything can happen on a yeah. Saturday. And if you want to say, oh well, it was because of the weather. Well, Northwestern had to deal with the weather as well, and they only lost by fourteen points to the number two team in the nation. So anything can happen any Saturday. And if you find something that works for you, do not go away from it and keep keep going with that because Michigan, although they are, you know a top five team in the nation, top four team in the nation. They have holes as well. You just got to find them and exploit them. That's all you got to do if you're Nebraska. Find the holes <laughs> and exploit those holes. And then when Michigan makes adjustments, because they will, because yeah. Harbaugh is a great coach, find some new holes and exploit those. It's as easy as that. It's as easy. It's I very like easier said than done. It is a lot easier said than done. Uh, here is uh, Coach Joseph talking about Logan Smothers' practice versus games because I think that that's fascinating too. It's just kind of – whether or not Nebraska wins this game or is in a position to win this game with the backup quarterbacks is one thing. But just the, the, the choice between Logan Smothers and Chubba Purdy, if they run out Purdy, I think Nebraska fan. I mean, Twitter's going to be gonna lose crazy. Their, yeah, are they going to lose their minds? People are going to lose their minds. But And, and part of this has been said what, with, uh, with, uh, with Coach Joseph in the past is that um, basically Mickey says Logan needs to be more consistent in practice. So 
while they're evaluating practice, maybe they're not getting as much out of Logan. But during the games, the last couple games, you'd you'd probably side with Logan, and and Husker Nation has Mm -hmm. not that it's not that it's frankly overwhelming one way (laughs) or the other. But it is it is kind of what it is. Uh, Here is uh, Coach Joseph on Logan Smothers practice versus games. You're right. I think Logan's more of a gamer, but he's got to practice better, you know, and he he understands that. And Logan Logan is really going to attack this week, trying to be a better practice player. That's that's his goal this week. So there you have it. I mean, it's I, I, not much, not much there, but yeah. it, it's something that they have mentioned before, and why they haven't, why they've been reluctant to get Logan into games is because his, I don't know about his practice habits, but just the way that he's he's looked in practice hasn't looked exactly the way that the coaching staff wants their quarterback during a game to look. So if you're not getting the looks in practice that you want, then it's really hard, even if you believe that he's better in games, somebody has a bad week of practice. I mean, you could throw him in and they have a bad game. But what it looks like for Logan is that he doesn't practice very well, but once he gets into a game, it's completely different. But that's something as a coach that even if you do know that, that's that's a hard feeling to shake off is yeah. this guy This guy was rough in practice. Maybe this guy threw you know four interceptions this week in practice. Are we sure we want to get him out there to start throwing passes? Like I understand that he's played well in, in the few games that we've we've thrown him into, but this week he hasn't looked good at all. And I understand that coming from the coaching staff where if Chubba Purdy had a great week of practice, you're looking at it like, I mean, he looks like he's locked in. He looks like he's ready to go. He gets into a game. He starts struggling. You look at Logan, you're like, this, I mean, he was struggling this week. I'm not really sure what we're going to do. Throw him in there and he starts playing well. That's, that's a balancing act that I'm glad I never have to deal with. Yeah, it's uh, it, it certainly just probably shake the, the the confidence going into the game for him. Uh, here is uh, Coach Joseph. Are they still looking at one backup as better at pass and the other one better at run? Because that's kind of the labels that have been stuck to them, not by us, by the coaches. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, Logan's more of the runner and, and and Purdy's more of the passer? Here is what uh, Coach Joseph said today. Well, we're trying to match that together right now. You know, we we think Purdy's you know the better thrower, but Logan he can he can make throws also. And we think Logan's the better runner. You know, he's, he's, it happens like that. They're, each quarterback's going to have different strengths and weaknesses. It's just hard to see the the better passer from Purdy, and and maybe it's still an injury lingering. Maybe like if if it's seven on sevens and there's no pass rush, he can sling the ball like Tanner Lee. But he was yeah, <laughs> but he was. I mean, those were ducks, and they were hitting receivers on like the the shoulders. And yeah, they. And I mean, I'm not one to to criticize somebody's throwing motion. I'm not a quarterback, but it didn't look fluid. It, he he looked as if, and and you've seen it on on the internet and from a couple other people as well. It looked as if he was shot putting the ball, mm-hmm. where he's not, you know, letting it fly off his fingertips. Looks like he's, you know, trying to just push it forward to get it to the receivers. And to me, he was throwing to where the receivers were, not where the receivers were going to be. And that was causing a lot of issues as well, where he's, you know, almost getting intercepted multiple times or, or as you said, hitting the shoulders or, you know, thrown behind receivers where they have to reach back and catch it. And that kind of resulted in a lot of the drops. So I, I'm in agreement with you that just labeling Chava as the better passer doesn't seem quite accurate based on what we've seen so far. And yeah. I understand. I mean, you go back to the spring game. Chubba Purdy was putting the ball on, on on lines, putting them in perfect positions for people to catch. His throwing motion looked nothing like it is now. 
And so I, I, it might be a lingering issue. It might be something. Did, did they ever let us know why he or what the injury was that he didn't practice the week so. before yeah. uh, the Illinois game? Because if it's a shoulder injury or something upper body, that might explain the throwing motion. Yeah, it's it's just a weird situation, I, and I think it's it's probably good, especially with Michigan kind of, um, you know, playing a game of chess there, trying to say, well, we're we're not going to side on this quarterback or that quarterback till later in the week. Mm-hmm. I just still think, you know, and, and this is this this thing is just interesting. I mean, it's 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 Whipple is starting to get heavily criticized by, I mean, the Nebraska media, the Nebraska fans. I mean, somebody everybody's got to point a finger uh, at Whipple this week, and and again, I I do so less so. Because I think that he did adjust a little bit with what he had. Now, did he did he not? Should he have stuck to the run a little bit more here and there? Yeah, but you hired a passing game coordinator. <laughs> um, and by the way, uh, you know, with the communication, and, and 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 we'll get to this here in a second. But they did, you know, Whipple and uh, Coach Ricky Joseph did talk this week about maybe sticking with the run a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You did also hire Mickey Joseph, who who as a passing game coordinator. Right, so Whipple and him supposedly, you would think, at least with those with those titles, spent months together working on this passing game to get it ready to go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know how much of that disconnect between the two is real, um, or it's it's exaggerated. I mean, I, like I said, I'm sure there is. When you have a when you're working with somebody for the first time, your first year, it always works better two three years down the line. You're more connected. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there is a disconnect. I just don't know if it's overblown uh, to the point where we think, you know, what fans kind of want to speak for Mickey and say, yeah, this is ridiculous. Whipple's doing this and that. The head coach should have, you know, kind of a a say in what's going on out there in the game. And if he doesn't now, he needs to adjust that um, because you're going to have to do that if they take off the interim tag or if he gets a job elsewhere. Mm -hmm. It's hard to speak for Mickey or speak for Whipple in terms of of play calling and all of that. But it does seem, as you said, they're, they're both, you know, more passing oriented, at least in their titles mm-hmm. and, and kind of their, their pass and what they've been doing as coaches, but wanting to slash needing to run the ball more is something that they've have to have been discussing. And Mickey Joseph talked about today that they did discuss that and they talked about it and that's going to stay between them what the conversation was. But like you said, there's, there's going to be a, a, some sort of disconnect because they've been together for, I uh, what January is when they were both hired. So they've been together for 11 months now and mostly talking passing game and how to get the receivers and the quarterbacks on the same page and, and, you know, chuck the ball down the field, air it out and all that stuff while they're leaving the, the running game. Well, I mean, Whipple's talking with somebody else about the running game, but in terms of their conversations together, probably mostly just about passing and, and yeah. airing the ball out. So that's something that they've had to adjust to after Mickey got the interim tag. And it, it, it's, it's not something that you want to put words into Mickey's mouth or put words into Whipple's mouth, but they, like you said, if he does end up getting the interim tag taken away or gets a head coaching job somewhere else, he's going to have to get used to, you know, taking the reins and, and taking over and, and telling somebody, no, we can't do that. We have to go with this. But he's also told us that he's given full offensive um, rights to, to Mark Whipple. Everything yeah. within the offensive play calling and everything on the offense, that's all Whipple. And, that and that's was what his, Mickey said. But that was Mickey's decision too, right? Exactly. So it's like, you know. But I, that's something that you need to, even if you've done that and you've given, given the entire offense to Mark Whipple, if you truly believe that the ball needs to be run more, 
you need to go up to Whipple. You need to talk to him and and explain to him how, look, we can't keep passing on first down. We need to – and it's something he said today. Again, we'll get to that one of his quotes later. You need to be okay with three to four yards because mm-hmm. you run it twice. You get three yards both times. Now it's third and short, and you can do whatever you want from there. And again, I mentioned this the other day. Um, you know, during their three six and or, or, or six three and outs, excuse me, um, their traditional running game was getting him two yards a pop. So three and four yards is one thing, but two yards isn't really helping you all that much. I mean, as, third and six, as is... silly as it is, sometimes you're not going to get. I mean, part of it, like with Muhammad Ibrahim, who finished with a hundred whatever he, he finished with, but mm-hmm. he only had a long of eleven. Part of it is sticking with the game plan, sticking with the run. So you, you got to be okay with negative one. You got to be yeah. okay with two. You got to be okay with if you four, run it thirty four times right? and you get you know six yards a pop, yeah. or you get you know two yards here, two yards there. Up oh, there's a seven yarder. Up oh, there's an eight yarder. Up oh, two yards, negative one. I, you you just stick with it because at some point a hole's going to open. Like yeah. that's the thing is there's you're gonna pop one. It's going to happen. It's just a matter to. of time. But, again, with that Minnesota game, to me, I, I think you always got to remember there's a coach on the other sidelines. And P.J. Fleck and his defensive crew, um, you know, they they also played a part in shutting down Nebraska's run. This wasn't all Mark Whipple. Mark yeah. Whipple was calling run plays in each and every one of those, uh, you know, three and outs. They weren't getting. They weren't getting. You know, predominantly not getting too many yards. Uh, like I said, just an average of two yards a carry there during the, those three and outs. So, I mean, the run game wasn't working either during that, and that's mm-hmm. part of the problem with a limited offense. Uh, quarter, I mean, they had quarterback issues there. They were, you know, testing out different guys. Um, and, again, maybe the offensive line played a better game in this game, but it's not a great offensive line. So you can say pound the, pound the table and say run the ball as much as, much as you want. Sometimes your offensive line, certainly throughout the year, has been outmatched. Yeah, it's no matter how many times we say, oh, they played a better game, they played a good game, in comparative to how they have been playing, yeah. a good game really isn't that good uh, compared to other offensive lines. But it's something you gotta you gotta take, and you gotta take the good games from your offensive line and, and take advantage of those. Because if you're gonna waste a game like that where they actually played pretty well, even even compared to themselves and compared to other offensive lines, they they played pretty well. They opened up holes. Granted, it was in the first half. The second half, like you said, was a little bit more of a struggle. Um, but in those instances, you got to take advantage of that and and put more points on the board and you know move the move the ball down the field. Yeah, we'll take a quick break here. We got more coming for the Mickey Joseph press conference. We'll break down and react to coming next year on the Ticket Water Cooler, ninety three seven. The Ticket.